Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What up, Josh? Ready for some take it or leave it? Yeah, you you sound excited. I feel well, like you got a few in the can you're ready for. Yeah, we're about to get into this. Mm, all right. I'm to reject all of them. First one, throw five on it. Quote, on, unquote. Pass. What? <laughs> Why? I've been waiting for it. I'm, I told you I was going to mix it up on you. All right. Don't get mad at me. Don't make fun of me for being <laughs> I'm, predictable. I'm shocked, bro. All right, next one. <laughs> Doobie Brothers. <laughs> I'm actually glad I did. I'll take Doobie Brothers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is what I really wanted you to take. Oh, uh, no. All right, is it bad for Christians to smoke pot? Uh, Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Here's why. And And I don't know. Somebody might correct me. But drunkenness is a sin. And drunkenness is a broader term. It's not just alcohol, but anything that makes you out of your senses, you know, high, stoned, whatever you want to use, same same principle, right? That is sinful, right? The Bible shows us that. Every list you look at, um, we see, like, drunkenness, things of that nature. So I don't think, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if you can smoke weed and not get high. I don't think that's possible. Now, on the other side of it, things like CBD oil, who ha- has some of the, the medical properties. of No THC, though. It's got small, small traces, but nothing like... You Can't can, get you high. You could drink the whole bottle and not get high. Well, by that logic, then there is a way to smoke weed without getting high. But I'm saying like a regular, like regular marijuana, like full out, is that possible? Yeah. Is there regular marijuana? I mean, there's a huge spectrum of marijuana. But my point is... Drunkenness is a sin, and the and the heart behind drunkenness is also a sin, meaning looking to something for escape, right? Like going to something else for a refuge, mm. not God. Yeah, but what about like, I mean, I drink coffee in the morning to wake up. Is that a sin? Depends. Could be. Oh. I don't know. I mean, if you rely on it, depend on it, you know, that sort of thing. I kind of depend be. on it. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I like coffee too. Obviously, I'm holding it. Uh, we can definitely get down to like... At the end of the day, you got to check your heart, and we, we sin every day, well, right? Like, yeah, I mean, my thing is, like, at the end of the night, let's say I want to relax, and I smoke a cigar. That's widely accepted, in our circles at least, as not being a sin. And sure. I don't need this cigar. I don't. I have no mm-hmm. conviction that it's a sin. Right. But I could do pot the same way. End of the night. Yeah. Light up a doobie. Is that what you call them, doobies? Yeah, but that's getting, like, you're getting it. Um, into the realm of drunkenness at that point, I think. So, oh, because it changes your state. Changes your state of mind. Right. If you're puffing on a cigar, you're fully you're not clear, clear-minded, right? <clears throat> like you're not getting drunk. Just like. So then you have to interpret. Is it, is what, it okay to to relax a little bit with like CBD oil? Sure, but your or like mind a drink still, at the end of the night that doesn't right make you drunk. But your mind is still sharp, and the reason for that is we're supposed to be sober in the Lord. Like we're supposed to be like wise, and we're supposed to be relying on God like we shouldn't be like we don't want to be uh, our mind to be in the state to where 
we're making other sinful choices. You know, drunkenness takes away a lot of the inhibitions and a lot of the wisdom that the Lord gives us, right? Right. You know, plus there's the escapism. There's a lot of reasons we can go in. And just to give you a Bible reference, if you want to look at Galatians 5, starting in verse 16, it talks about the difference between the spirit and the flesh. And it gives us a list of the two different things, right? It says, But I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's a big warning. Just take it seriously. Mm -hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So it's important there because drunkenness causes you not to have as much self-control, right? It causes you your inhibitions, your thoughts to be cloudy, things of that nature. That's And idolatry goes into it too, idol of comfort. There's a lot of things that, that go into that. So I would say... Um, well, and this whole conversation is assuming it's legal. Yes. Yeah, the other side of that coin is right now in our state, you definitely are in sin because you're going against the law of the land, Romans 13. Like, So that would be wrong in, right. in that way. But when it comes to... If you had a medical, like if a doctor prescribed it... That's then, a different story. Right. Different story. And I think in some extreme cases, just like I don't, I don't condone... Um, the recreational use of things like oxycodone or morphine, right? Right. But if you're in the hospital, you know, like you got cancer, like stage four, and they give you some of that stuff to ease the, like that's a different story. Right, because there are certain things that marijuana has been proven to be right. beneficial and to And in that treat. context, for medical purposes, that's a different story. Just yeah. like if someone gives you morphine because you're about to have surgery, you came out of it for a time to help your body heal. That's a different story than using it recreationally to be out of your mind. When as a counselor, if someone comes to you on marijuana for their anxiety, mm -hmm. you would you would not like black and white, you gotta get off of it right now, but you'd probably work towards well, getting Well, I would them. I would say yes, that needs to be repented of and, and, and dealt with, but I would recommend, okay, let's let's try C B D oil where it has because a lot of times people with anxiety they're looking for the the comforting side, like the thing that helps calm, mm -hmm. well, that's that's in the CBD part. You don't have to get high to have that. Right. And you can get CBD oil over the counter legally, and it doesn't take away your thought inhibitions. It just helps your body feel more relaxed. Okay, we can try that. We're also going to try exercise. We're also going to try other natural things. Plus, anxiety is due to fear, and really it's a mental thing. And it's a belief issue, and it's a faith issue. Mm -hmm. So we can do CBD and some of these other things because our bodies God created to get us in a place ultimately to work on our heart and our faith. That's where comfort's going to come for long term from anxiety and fear is trusting the Lord over our fear. Mm. So that's know. good. But basically, you think uh, smoking leads to drunkenness, which is interesting. But 
What's the, I said smoking Next marijuana. topic. I don't know if you can smoke <laughs> marijuana and not get high. So that's your only possible hole in your argument is... Well, because some people would say, like, well, then you can't drink alcohol. Well, the Bible shows people drinking alcohol, and you can have a, a beer and not be drunk. Right. So there's a there's a point so to you where... you got to interpret that with your own conviction. There's a point to where... And some people will say, like, well, I don't want to touch it at all. And that's where you go to Romans 14, like, hey, you should only do what you can do in faith. If if you can't do that in faith, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean other people aren't free to do it. But drunkenness is a line that the Bible is very black and white clear on. Yeah. Right? So that's where I'm getting... That's where I'm going. Okay, next topic. Buskins. <laughs> I'm going to reward you because of the name. Yes! I realize I just got to have better names. I mean, if if you if you tickle my fancy a little bit on the name. <laughs> Speaking of tickle your fancy, <laughs> this one's about yoga pants. Oh no! Also known as buskins. I didn't know <laughs> where that name come from. Uh, Google. I searched buskins? yoga. I searched yoga pants synonyms. I've never heard buskins. Buskins. I'm gonna read some other ones off. Because if you would have said yoga pants, I would have said pants. Well, of course, <laughs> buskins, chaps, pooties, <laughs> putts. I almost spit my coffee. <laughs> Stockings, half boots, leggings. Uh. So the topic is <laughs> is really just modesty. And yeah. um, the idea of, I mean, so. Man, I wish we had a. This is a huge here. topic, right. <laughs> but more so like, okay, the responsibility of a male to have self-control yeah. and protect himself against lustful thoughts. Yeah. And then the responsibility of a of a god-fearing woman right right? like we can't control what the world does right and their um devotion to modesty and yeah because you you typically hear protecting your brother yeah and you typically hear like you know it's the woman's fault for dressing that way we but there's a level of we got to take responsibility for for our own actions our own sins this is where you go the first two grace commandments love lord your god with all your heart mind body and soul and love others as yourself um Upon these two things, you know, everything rests. So, first of all, I would I would ask, I'm not really going to say whether or not you should wear them or not. Because I don't think that the, the yoga pants themselves are, are sinful. It's, yeah, how, I'm it's, just, it's, it's how you go. It's really just, an, to me, a symbol uh-huh. of modesty. Right. I think some girls wear them modestly and right. some girls do not. For sure. I, I don't care about yoga pants. I just so wanted something to I'm represent gonna give, that. I'm going to just give the principles of those things and let people make their choices. Right? Yeah. First and foremost, men, it's always your responsibility to have self-control and guard your own heart. It's never the fault of someone else for you lusting after them. So take that off the table. Mm-hmm. Now, are there certain environments or it's harder yes is a battle harder yes but it's never someone else's responsibility to keep your mind and your heart pure mm-hmm. right so let's just start there so don't be blaming all the girls for your lustful thoughts and your masturbation or your whatever mm-hmm. that's on you because that's about your worship of god and your love of others right because one of the things that we teach even when someone's struggling with pornography is to begin one of the things that we do in that is to begin to love the other person that you're lusting after, meaning like begin to pray for their heart and their soul and see them the way God sees them instead of seeing them as something to please you, mm-hmm. right? So that's first off, so for the guy's side. Yeah, see them as a sister in Christ. Exactly. For the God-fearing woman, you should, however, want to honor God in how you dress, right? 
you shouldn't be wanting to get attention and stuff from your body from males, right? Your identity's in Christ. You don't need that attention. I understand people like it's they're good to work out and they're meant to for workouts and all that stuff. Or you like to wear them around as like casual wear. There's a way to dress it where it's modest, where it's not accentuating every part of your body in right. a way you shouldn't. And you know the difference. So I'll just leave it that way. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not going to give you like fashion tips. You know the difference and you know how to do that. <laughs> we really want some fashion tips from you. I'm not going to go that route. <laughs> but I'll, I'm just going to say check your own heart. Why are you wearing them? How are you wearing them? Who are you wearing them for? Yeah. Because if you're... Maybe just tie a shirt around your waist, you know? That or wear a shirt that's long. That cut, you know, like drapes down a little bit. Like there's ways to do it. It's not that hard. Please. Not that hard. Um, And so just be mindful of how you're honoring God first and foremost and how you're loving your brother. Mm -hmm. Because realize God has created males to be more visual than females. And so you would make it a lot easier on your brother if you dress modestly. Still their responsibility to stay pure, but you would really be loving them and caring for them by being modest. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good, man. Uh, well, you finished really fast. <laughs> I didn't have. Uh, I think that's probably enough for, for the take it or leave it, since we got two chapters to cover. So let's just move right. into our. Let's go. Cool. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the re- replacing leaders and the reproduction of leaders mm-hmm. chapters. We're going to combine two for one today. Yeah, because um, they relate quite a bit. Yeah, they do. So, <clears throat> replacing leaders, mm-hmm. Joshua 1, two, th- 2 and 5 says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, basically, any organization or a church is going to run into a situation where the leader um, may leave or be removed or die, right. something crazy. Um, None of us live forever. Right. But even if not, they should be mindful of the idea like they may not be there forever. Mm-hmm. So who can Absolutely. replace you? I like his first sentence here. I think it's true. The ultimate test of a person's leadership is the health of the organization when the organizer is gone. And I know we've been speaking broad strokes, but the church is a little bit different or a lot of a lot different in terms of you know macarthur he said it rightly that the church is the only organism spiritual organism that everything else is an organization everything else is an organization uh made by men it can be a good too. organization so it's not saying that organizations are bad but it's saying the church is specifically there to be a spiritual organism a life a body of believers wrapped around the word of God and worship of God. And so it's even more important in the church to have this mentality is the point. The church should be the ones that really show how this should go. But I'm a big believer that you should always be training up to replace yourself because it only brings health in multiple ways because it either gives you more and more leaders who can handle more so as the Lord may bless uh, with more responsibility, you know, in the church world, more people, maybe in the business world, you know, the growth of your company and more production that's needed. It only allows you to have people you know and trust to be in those positions of leadership. But it's also people that if something were to happen to you, could step into your role and guide and lead the 
the organization or the church forward mm-hmm. um, because ultimately it's about the church you know Christ is the head you know he's the lead pastor if you will and and his body's meant to be healthy long term so in the church perspective of that we should always be raising up future pastors and leaders but in the organization you should be as well because if everything rides and falls on you falls on you rises and falls on you then if you, something happens to you what's going to happen to the organization so even if the organization's healthy under your leadership if you can't be replaced the organization's not really healthy mm-hmm. right because it could fall apart at any moment right if you if something happens to you yeah and I mean, just that model alone is not healthy. Like, if everything rises and mm-hmm. falls on one person. Right. You know? And I think that's the reason why God prescribed in Scripture that there would be a plurality of elders in the church. Yeah. You know, multiple pastors, elders who can who can teach, who have the ability to teach, who can the ability to lead. You may have one guy, like we have Sam, who's primarily focused <laughs> on the teaching ministry or the preaching ministry, although there's all the rest of us come in and preach at times, you know. Um <clears throat> But if something were to happen to Sam, we have multiple guys who could step in and begin to continue preaching and teaching our, our body. Yeah. Right? But even that, like, Sam's main method in preaching is just uncovering what's already there. And so right. it's not like he's built his speaking, preaching platform from this, right. like, charismatic, like, yeah, it's intangible a, it's that you, yeah, you couldn't recreate. Right. It's like... No, anyone who studies the scripture can effectively do the same thing mm-hmm. he's doing. And right. that's, you know, because and he's, he's... And he's invested in many guys, you you included, myself included, to to begin to, gr- to continue to grow in that and get better and better at seeing the scriptures rightly. So if something were to happen to him, we it, as sad as that would be, we would have someone to step in uh, with biblical counseling. You know, I'm raising up, I'm getting more and more certified, people certified, so... Somewhere to happen to me, and our our people needed someone to help them with counseling. There would be more people that, to do that. You know, you're going to do the same thing in college ministry. You know, you're starting it fresh, but you want to raise up more laborers, leaders. You want people who, who could do your job. You know, yeah. That's just the, the, health of an organization. He says, indeed, no man, however gifted and devoted, is indispensable to the work of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Which case in point is. The Apostle Paul. Yeah. I mean, he was, he seeming, seemingly was indispensable, but yeah. God only gave him three years of ministry. Right. And you see him play this out. Titus, Timothy, yeah. you know, had multiple guys. He reproduced he, himself. And he put them in those churches to, to raise up other elders to continue on the work. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> That's, and here's the other side. Let's just take a very practical standpoint on this. Let's look at the, any organization or any church. When it's built over a cult of personality, when that personality, well, usually it ends up to be unhealthy because usually that person ends up falling <laughs> or yeah. could fall. Um, but it only leads to bad. Like if you really look at it, it only ends up bad. It might have some a season of like a lot of fruit, if you will, or mm-hmm. a lot of production. But when that person falls or something like that happens, well then the, everything falls apart. And so you never see the opposite work out well, is what I'm trying to get at. Right. You know, you never see see where, like, well, an organization built on one person and he did everything or she did everything, and then they retire even. Let's say they retire normally, and then the, the company just kind of mm, kind of peters out. Yeah. Not, not great. 
you know? Yeah, obviously he didn't do a good job. Right. Or that it wasn't healthy to begin with. Mm -hmm. So if, at any point, if you feel like you're indispensable, one, there's pride. Mm -hmm. Two, you're probably not running an right. effective, healthy organization. This could be at any level. Yeah. You know? And I firmly believe everyone's replaceable. <laughs> like, especially in the church. God doesn't need me. Right. I mean, I'm grateful to be here. I want to do the best job possible, you know. But if something were to happen to me or or I got too full of myself and I was removed, everything would be fine. Yeah, like on a sports team, it's different because there truly are indispensable guys because they have an objective that is mm -hmm. in their own hands, which is winning a championship. But Whereas our objective is not in our own hands. But I also kind of agree and kind of disagree. Okay. I mean, in healthy organizations... Like, let's take sports teams who are healthy. You ever notice all the same teams never are at the top of the NFL draft or the NBA draft, but the, some of the same teams are always there, mm -hmm. no matter how many stars they draft or get? It's because the organization's not ran well. The healthy organizations, they don't win every year, but when that star player goes, give them a couple of years, and all of a sudden they start to build a new a new team. Yeah, They start to build it because they have the right culture, and then it's just finding the right fit i mean honestly we'll see but i feel like the saints are a bad example of this they like, are like we're gonna a see, terrible example i mean they got like they got really how lucky many with, years did they have with breeze to re, like replace him right and they did not do That's a good job saying. you'll find out the saints as much as i like like them as a team i'm not gonna say love i don't love any, anything but god and my wife <laughs> <laughs> just kids? kidding my kids <laughs> your dog no, I don't have a dog. No, I'm just kidding. I love all my friends. But anyway, I'm a big fan of the Saints. But that, that whole Sean Casey, Drew Brees dynamic when they got those, that was one of those like lighting in a bottle, mm -hmm. and they've done really good with it. But I'm with you. like Not in the way of making a lasting yeah, dynasty. They could those, have. It's one of those things where when those two guys are gone, mm, I'm not sure. Right. They weren't using all their clout to to recruit and right. to build a solid foundation in the so organization. So does Sean Payton have a bunch of like assistant coaches who are like the next in line who are going to be excellent coaches? Did they did they draft and recruit to have some quarterbacks ready and waiting to come in and like run the system, you know? I don't know. But I still go back to I mean this is still like a man-made organization chasing after a man-made, sure. you know. It's not that important. But it still shows, like, you look at the Patriots, you look at the Steelers, you look at um, the 49ers, you look, like, over decades, they continually continue to rise back up because the ownership and the organization yeah. tends to, like, replenish, re right. redo. Yeah, it's not like immediate, like, um, yeah. what's his name? Because if you have a star, it's tough to replace yeah, a star. Yeah, Tom Brady leaves. It's not like you're going to have, you know. But I, it looks like, I mean, what they've built, They'll probably make it back to the playoffs. They may not win a Super Bowl. Right, which is great for... They're going to be successful. Second year back. Um, okay, we digress, but, but basically the point is we've how, the point much, how much more so in God's kingdom is he right. going to continue to produce right. um, fruit with yeah. or without the leadership? Because our goal and our job is to advance the kingdom of God. So not only do we want to raise up more leaders in within the the local body, like let's say our church here at the field, like we want our church to continue to be healthy with the right leadership. But we also want to raise up future leaders to send out 
to plant new churches to 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 push the mission forward or or missionaries or you know more counselors more more college pastors more like we we want to keep advancing the kingdom as much as possible so the idea of not investing in leadership especially inside the church one you always see that example throughout the bible so you'd be unbiblical not to be trying to do that Mm -hmm. but two it just wouldn't make any sense if your goal is to continue to reach more for the god with the gospel to teach more of the word of god like it would only make sense to have more people who are capable of doing so yeah so it wouldn't make any sense not to do that. Right. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Um, all right, let's move to reproducing leaders. Mm-hmm. So this kind of, a good leader is going to be doing this behind the scenes. Right. Um, knowing and preparing for the replacement or the need to replace leaders or mm-hmm. even himself along right. the way. So Second Timothy 2.2 says, The things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses... And trust to reliable men who mm-hmm. will also be qualified to teach others, setting up that that first pyramid scheme. <laughs> that first MLM. The one, the one that actually matters. <laughs> right, the one that actually has value. Right, just like everything the world steals from the Bible and, and turns it the other way. But, yep. but yeah, I, I'll say for me personally, the mentality that I have is I always try to have a few that I'm discipling who uh, I feel like are maturing in their faith and could be potential future pastors and leaders. And then I always want to have a few that I'm reaching for the gospel who are brand new in their faith, who I hope one day turn into those people. Right. But, you know, it takes some time for maturing in faith, but, you know, I always want to have a couple guys I'm investing in who I think could be, you know, the next ones to, to, to be in ministry or to step up and lead another church or to step into some role. Yeah. And then I always want to have two or three that are just brand new, hungry, and just teaching them the basics of the faith to see what God does with those guys. Because everybody doesn't need to be on a church staff. Some people need to grow and mature in their faith and be great business owners who are sharing their faith in the world and being, and being great church members. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I, so when I say that, like I'm not, the end goal isn't for every Christian to become a church staff person. Right. I don't, I don't believe that, but I am always looking for those who feel like, and and they themselves feel like I might really feel called to ministry one day. So I want to invest in those and see. Yeah. But then there's some, it's like, I just want them to be. Well, Jesus did this. I mean, he had his 12, he had an inner circle within Mm -hmm. that 12. Mm -hmm. And he also had all the people he ministered to on the streets. Yeah. That never amounted to being an apostle. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to. We should follow our Lord's example. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. What else you got? <laughs> you going to contribute anything to this? <laughs> um, reproducing leaders. <laughs> oh man, how are you? I'll ask you this question. You ask me a question for once in your life. Jeez. <laughs> um, how are you seeing this play out? for you and in, in CO at Southeastern right now, because you're at the beginning of a, of a brand new work, a yeah. brand new ministry. Um, well, the temptation is always to put a number on somebody's head, one through 10, 10's a great leader. Cause mm. there's, there's this belief that may or may not be true. Um, mm. that let's say you're a seven on the leadership scale. Yeah. You can only lead one through six. 
you can't lead seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I don't and think so, that's true. So the, right, cause it's not biblical. Right, but you you see that like play out mm-hmm. in certain areas. But here's what we talked about, like in this book, what people really follow that matters yeah. is holiness. Exactly, spiritual. Right, and so charisma really shouldn't come into it. So I just I find myself attracted to wanting to spend more time with the more charismatic people mm-hmm. and having to really step back and observe and try to who's discern hung- hearts. Yeah, who's like, hungry spiritually. Exactly. And, I mean, that doesn't always go well either because sometimes the people that seem to be hungry spiritually don't pan out at all. Mm-hmm. They'll end up just, like, hating you for telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And then you never talk to them again. I've had that happen. Um, whereas other guys are... Are maybe slower to start, and then boom, they just they sprout right. like a little daisy in the field. Yeah. Uh, so you never that, know is the the lesson yeah. I'm learning. And the beautiful part about that is it's you're always watching God work. You don't know. Your job is to be faithful and invest and see what God does, and kind of then move them along as as we see that happen, right? Yeah. But to to your point, there's a lot of guys who maybe on the surface one wouldn't say they're going to be a great leader one day. But because of their heart for the Lord, they turn into that. I mean, you look at the disciples. You had four fishermen. You had a tax collector. You had, I mean, you had a lot of guys who you wouldn't have pointed to and be like, this guy, he's going to be a great leader one day. Yeah, what does Acts 4 say? Like, they don't follow you because you're smart. Like, you're uneducated <laughs> men. You don't right, know anything. Exactly. Like, So why would we take the world's approach and be like, well, this guy's got to have some skill and some charisma or he's not going to be a leader. Yeah. It's not true. And and a lot of those skills and things develop over time. Mm-hmm. And God gets a lot of glory when you see someone who's like, man, I didn't see leadership in this dude, but man, he's he really has turned into a great godly spiritual leader. Yeah. That's awesome, right? So I try not to look at that. I try to look at the potential of someone's heart, meaning like someone who's really hungry for the word. If someone's, like, really hungry on their own, I don't have to, like, push them to, like, just read their Bible. Right. That's the person I'm like, okay, I'll invest in this guy as maybe a potential future leader. Yeah, that's one thing I notice is, like, people that are curious and have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And I I find that I can even help develop that love for the Word because they already have the love for the Word because they're curious. They want to know what's true. And I just got a direction like, oh, what you're looking for is in the Bible, mm-hmm. not in me. I don't have the answers. Right. The Bible does. So before you ask me this question, like I gave some guy this homework, he had a ton of great questions for months, and I'm yeah. he's growing like crazy. I'm like, hey, next time you have this question, I'm not going to answer it right now. Yeah. This, I want you to go to read. I think I gave him like First Corinthians six seven. Yeah. Like read this, spend thirty minutes to an hour yeah. understanding it. And then we'll talk about it. I want to hear what you learn from it. Yeah, it's good. And so, like, recognizing that they do desire the word, they don't even know mm-hmm. that they do yet because right. they want truth. Right. And then, and then you kind of help them navigate where they're where God's naturally gifted them. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot of roles, you know, and especially in ministry, that you know, someone may be more naturally a fit over here versus over there. But the first thing you develop is the spiritual, the heart. Yeah, and we even talked about this uh, in a meeting we had this week. But just this yeah. idea of like one on one, and we were question, we were like looking at all our methods as an organization, mm-hmm. and questioning like, is this right, or are we just getting caught up in you know pragmatism, really? Mm-hmm. And so we're like, big events are these helpful? And we're like, well, 
they're not necessary, but they are helpful to get us face to face with people. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, is face to face the right way? Like, is that the way we want to do things? And we're like, well, yeah, that's the way Jesus did it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one on one, face to face, is is where you're going to see the most fruit mm-hmm. with reproducing leaders, yeah. not seminars, trainings, yeah. group trainings. I mean, those those things are helpful too yeah. for people that are self learners and well, already. Those are grateful tools. Like you need all of those platforms, but to really exactly to, you need you really need it all a holistic approach. Exactly. But to really, like you said, to really get to know their character and like the the details of of them. I mean, you can't do that without actually getting to know them. Yeah, there's no substitute for that relational one on one, which I've just found to be you know the great. And let me finish my sentence. I found it to be the greatest tool in reproducing leaders. And um, if you can do that, then you can always do the other things. Yeah. You know, you can always bring in a speaker or, or train and, and do these other big events. Um, but typically what's most lacking is the ability to do life on life with somebody, mm-hmm. to call them out, yeah. you know, to For have sure. insight into their life. Yeah. So that's, that's you need to develop that as a very leader. Important. Absolutely. By the way, did you just reprimand yourself for interrupting yourself on your own sentence? Yes. <laughs> just, I just want to make sure. <laughs> Has that ever been done before? Well, because I was like, I thought you were talking to me for a second. I'm like, oh, I wasn't saying anything. And then I realized you were talking to yourself. Let me finish my sentence and then let me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Chad. Let me finish my sentence. I'm like, I was just watching. No, that's exactly what I did because I like didn't say the last word. I was like, wait, let me finish that word. <laughs> And okay. then I'll say the next sentence. I just want to make sure I caught that right. You don't know what was going on in my head. I right. really thought. Rarely do I. <laughs> as soon as I did that and I went back to finish the next sentence, I forgot the sentence. And uh-huh. then it came back to me. Woo! Yeah. Close call. Here's This will be fun. And I'm going to put myself out there. Right? This will be a fun question for you. We could end it with this one. Because maybe there will be some practical tips. Mm-hmm. What were the good things that I did for you in developing you as a future leader? And what were the areas I could have been better? Ooh, jeez. I'll be I'll really be, putting yourself out hey, there. I am not a perfect leader. <clears throat> never have never have pretended to. I'm always trying to get better about investing. So All right. And you I asked think, for it. I've thought about this every on. day. <laughs> hold on. I will say this. I think that's also healthy for you as a leader. Don't don't like feel like you got to have it all figured out or be like, I got to be the perfect leader in order to like make disciples or raise up other leaders. Cause I think you continue in yourself as you invest in other people, you learn more things about yourself and ways you can get better too. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you were always available. It seemed like I had nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Back then I like, there's no way I would be able to get nah. that kind of time. Cause we were at the, the gym all the time. I mean, I was always available too. Right, because yeah. of my job. Well, we were together a lot too, and stuff we were doing at the church. Yeah, we were doing all those building projects. Yeah, but that's just a good lesson of like, if you have a disciple, mm-hmm. like life on life, man. Like you gotta like get in in the daily grind with them <laughs> yeah. and do life with them, which is so hard in our right. culture. Right, I made myself available to you a lot, which was good because I wanted to. I was investing in you, but for you, it may not have felt like because like there's things I needed to be doing that I decided to. Well, I'll just go. Yeah, with Josh. yeah. Like we would sit in the hot tub an extra thirty minutes, right? But to me, that was like investment. Yeah, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that, and I noticed that. 
Yeah. Like, I didn't think you had nothing to do. <laughs> right. I was like, man, I guess he's, like, really trying to, you know. Waste time? <laughs> no, like, invest in me. Like, that's how I viewed yeah, it. Because you would call me, too. Like, you would yeah. reach out. You'd be intentional. So that was always helpful. Um, like, you always took all my questions, mm-hmm. you know, and answered them from a biblical point of view. And you, and the reason why I spent so much time with you in terms of, like, trying to develop you as a spiritual leader, you know, we were friends, but I'm saying on top of that, was you had that thing that I look for. You were naturally hungry. Yeah. I'm going to feed the guy who's hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to try to make someone else think that they should be hungry. Yeah. I'm going to spend the time the most with the ones who already are. All right. We were doing this yesterday with, it was our first day of school. Yeah. And so I was telling the kids, give me a rose, a bud, and a thorn. Okay. Rose is what's good. Yeah. Bud is what got better or could get better. Sure. And then the thorn is what was bad. Is that really bad? Yeah. Uh, so let me think about that for you. I'm ready for it. The bud. I feel like we we went through something where you had to like learn maybe like you were always asking me to do stuff mm-hmm. like for the church. Oh yeah. And yeah. I've you know I'm like not a not good at saying no. Sure. I real I learned you finally told me like I, I learned that you you were getting burnt out and I was over Yes. And I was just doing it because I'm like, this dude's hungry, eager. Mm-hmm. Obviously I could use his help and you were always for it. I didn't realize that some of that you were I was feeling pressured you're to not, say yes. You're not to. really healthy in it. Yeah. And so we, but I feel like that got better. We, and definitely, I was, we definitely had a good conversation, and, and after that, I tried to be more balanced. Yeah, now I'm able to tell you now sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then the thorn, what did you do? I mean, not bad, but... Well, I might have done something bad. Tell me. Um, let's see. I mean, for the sake of not making our listeners just, like, wait while I think, <laughs> what pops to mind the most is... Yeah. And this is in hindsight. I didn't know this at the time. Yeah. But like you weren't, you were never like, are you struggling with sin? Yeah. And you're never called sin out. Yeah. I mean, and thankfully. We got got to a place where I started to do that. But yeah, early on, I didn't. Yeah, I was just like kind of governing myself. I felt like, you know, as I was. that My problem was, I know you're absolutely right. I, uh, I assumed like in all our conversations because. Like you, that never came up. I just felt like you were, I felt like you were more in control of your sin than maybe you were. Yeah. And I should have been more intentional to ask specifically yeah. early on. Which in that conviction for me came like yeah. within the past couple of years, we started doing yeah. Ironman. It's like, oh, for we sure. need to like, yeah. this is not just to like make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. This is for growth and the purity of God's church. You right. know? Absolutely. So. No, that's that's a good critique, and uh, it has it is something that I've continued to be more on top of with guys. For and I always the funny thing is that was usually something I did with everybody that I would disciple. For some reason, with you, I don't know, it's just because we became friends first, or it was more natural that I just because that never came up. I just and you're kind of a pretty uh, regimented, yeah, you know, guy that I just I don't. I, some reason I assumed that you were. Right. You were good in those areas. Well, and I was because I knew, I just assumed you would ask me <laughs> one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Jedi mind trick. To you. you're, you're afraid to try yeah. it. You're waiting. I yeah. was like, he's going to ask me at some point. I got to yeah. be ready. Yeah, yeah. So, But you're right. Like, that's definitely something that I could have done a lot better with. And something I'm getting better at, too, is uh, 
is praying more with, like really helping guys like like really spend spend some time, like intentionally praying together. Mm -hmm. I don't think I did that as much early on with you as yeah. I could have. So yeah, always getting better, always working hard at it, you know. But uh, hopefully this is helpful for for those who are who are in leadership to like hey. Take a look at areas you can get better too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, and look around your organization. Like, if you hate change, realize like change is normal. Yeah. Like, but maybe you can be the next person to, you know, you can be preparing yourself for yeah. a leadership role, right? Or preparing someone else to take your position, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not growing forward, you're moving backwards. There is no such thing as neutral. It's just the way Tommy Boy's dad said, you're growing, you're dying. Ain't no third direction. That's <laughs> true. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Change Up podcast. This podcast is made possible by the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays, and you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.